save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence. I'm here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Never a dull moment for the Miami Dolphins. Lately, it's been for a lot of bad reasons. And this could be a bad reason, could be a good reason, depending on who you talk to. The Dolphins have traded cornerback Minka Fitzpatrick to the Pittsburgh Steelers in exchange for a 2020 first-round pick. Also involved in that, the Dolphins will move down from the fourth round to the fifth round in the 2020 draft, and they'll move from the seventh round to the sixth round with the Steelers in the 2021 draft. So not a major surprise, Paul. We expected Minka to be traded this week based on everything that we were hearing, and we went through a couple of scenarios throughout our last couple of shows. The one scenario, one hypothetical that I also posted on Twitter uh, was when they were talking possibly with the Cowboys who were interested in him, talked about Minka for a second rounder, a third rounder, and defensive end Taco Charlton. We both said no to that, as did uh, 70% of the Dolphins community who responded to the poll. We also talked about Minka straight up for a first rounder. And at that time, I said no, and I think you were leaning toward yes. And some of the teams that we were talking about were the Chiefs and the Cowboys, but we were expecting this to be a playoff contender if that were the case. And then the third scenario was the one that played out. Because the Pittsburgh Steelers are 0-2. They just lost their team MVP in Ben Roethlisberger. So this could end up being – a pretty high draft pick. It's not out of the realm of possibility the Dolphins end up picking in the top 10 with this first rounder from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Completely. And, and, you know, the more I think about it, the more I look at Pittsburgh's schedule. I mean, Pittsburgh's got a little bit of a layup schedule at the end, but they've got some tough-ass matchups coming up. And looking at that, I don't expect the Steelers to be above 500. I expect the Steelers to be possibly even like a four and 12 team looking at their schedule. There's always some surprises and who knows Mason could start lighting it up. But as it stands right now there with all the quarterback injuries, I don't see them being able to trade for anything to better themselves at the quarterback position right now. And really, you know, a first rounder from the Steelers at this point is worth a hell of a lot more than even a first and third from the Cowboys. Yeah, and Mason Rudolph is the one everyone should root against this year because if he breaks out here for the Pittsburgh Steelers, maybe they end up getting seven, eight, or nine wins on the season. I don't see that happening for a couple of reasons. And, you know, 4-12, and 12, that would be a huge disappointment for Pittsburgh, but may not be too far off. And to give Dolphins fans an idea of what draft pick that would yield, you take a look at the 2019 draft, the teams that went four and twelve were picking between two and four in the draft. The teams that were five and eleven were picking between picks five and seven, and the teams that were picking 
or that went six and ten, which is where I'm predicting the Steelers to go, are going to be predict are, are we're picking between the eighth and the eleventh picks. And Minka Fitzpatrick was the eleventh overall pick in the 2018 NFL draft. So it looks like it could yield very positive returns here. And not to mention, too, Paul, Drew Brees goes down for six weeks for the New Orleans Saints. And that's relevant because the Dolphins have the Saints' second-round pick next year. We may be talking about the Saints as a 5-6-7 or seven win team, and it's not out of the realm of possibility from that point that the Dolphins have five of the first 40 picks in the 2020 draft. I'm down. Sign me up. The, the one thing I know you and I discussed a little bit off the air, though, too, is trying to figure out what it would take to pry Jalen Ramsey, who is on an expiring contract, away from the Jaguars as a possibility. And that being said, I wouldn't be averse to parting with the Texans pick. Uh, obviously, you may have to sweeten the pot a little bit, but it is a player on an expiring contract, and you might be able to sell him on the possibility of wanting Miami. Jalen Ramsey holds kind of all the cards in that trade scenario. And if he forces them to not trade him, there's always the 160 million in cap space for after the season and free agency. And Holy hell, if they're able to pair Jalen Ramsey with Xavier Howard on the, on the boundary, that's a defense I can get behind. You bet. I would absolutely take a look at Jalen Ramsey under some circumstances, because he is a very high-maintenance player. Um, I'll quote a tweet from a C.K. Parrott who helped us out with the draft for years before going to the Three Arts Per Carry podcast. His tweet was this, and I agree with it completely. There are certain things that have to be in place here. Is Number one, sell him on the idea that Brian Flores is not Doug Marone. Number two, no taxes in Miami for the contract. Three, Miami has lots of money to pay him for a long-term contract extension. Four, Ramsey would be in a man-heavy defense, which is part of the reason he's unhappy in Jacksonville now. Five, playing opposite Xavier Howard has its advantages. And number six, they're getting a top quarterback in 2020, regardless of who that is. So, yeah, I, I would entertain a, a trade. A first-rounder to me is a no-brainer for that, as long as it's not the Dolphins you know, or the Steelers really first round pick. But I got to say, if, if it were that Texans first rounder, I agree with you. I would do that. I would even entertain the thought of a second or third round pick throwing that in there for the 2021 season, because here is the thing. This is the shining ray on the Dolphins 2019 season. If we want a player after this year in 2020 or 2021, within reason, we get him. We don't worry about draft pick compensation within reason. We don't worry about contract within reason because that's what the Dolphins are setting this up for. Jalen Ramsey is 24 years old. And between Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey, I think you'd be coming away with two of the top three or four cornerbacks in the league. And you take a look at what the Jaguars did just a couple of, just two years ago with Blake Bortles at quarterback. They were one quarter away from getting to the Super Bowl with a defense that was shutting down receivers on the outside with Jalen Ramsey and with A.J. Boye. Yeah, and you look at, you look at the 2020 draft, and, and one selling point that the Dolphins may be able to put in place um, that also enables them to stand pat if they so choose 
is the 2020 draft is very, very thick at the corner and safety positions. So shedding Minka for a top 10 pick, I can live with that. You know, basically being able to negotiate from a position of strength for a player that doesn't want to be there, a player that's on an expiring contract, and giving the Jaguars a pick that they can utilize to try to replace Jalen Ramsey, or the Dolphins can go ahead and utilize and try to try to uh, get a Jalen Ramsey-type clone in the 2020 draft or a Minka Fitzpatrick-type clone that's going to buy into the system. You've got a lot of leverage there to negotiate from, as well as, I mean, basically the third party that has the least negotiating power in this entire process is Jacksonville. They're not going anywhere this year. They're not going to be able to coerce anybody. And the worst thing they can do at this point is hold on to Jalen Ramsey for nothing because he, and maybe a compensatory uh, in 2021 at this point. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a rough situation there. And another thing that does have to be factored into is from the Dolphins end, if the goal here was to structure the team in a way where you end up picking number one, because let's face reality, that is what's happening here. I think that has to be come into play here because like, all right, if we get Jalen Ramsey, put him up opposite Xavier Howard. And that's the thing that forces us to play a lot better on defense. We may win a couple of games that we otherwise wouldn't. And now we're not getting that number one overall pick. That's something that's kind of got to be factored into all this as well. But that still wouldn't prevent me from doing this. And I still think the Dolphins probably would end up with the number one pick, even if they added Ramsey, just because they're so thin at every other position. Completely. And, you know, it's Ramsey checks a lot of the boxes for what Miami's building right now. He's 24 years old. He's an ascending player, believe it or not, even though he's got multiple Pro Bowls under his belt. He he and Xavier Howard would be so fun to watch, even with the absence of a pass rush in Miami. Um, and it gives, I hate to say this, but it gives Greer, it gives Ross a little bit of that boost towards the fan base of, see, see, we are building in the right direction. Bear with us uh, to, to go after him. The big thing is I would want Flores to meet with Ramsey ahead of time, get Ramsey to buy in, get Greer to put an agreement in place with him that if he signs with Miami, here's what you would get for, for a contract. Because if Miami's able to put a contract in front of him that he loves, that, even, that strengthens Miami's position even more when it comes to Ramsey as far as, as, as being a trade partner. Because if he decides Miami's where he wants to play, you can really rake Jacksonville over the coals on this trade. This is not the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. Minka is arguably the lesser player of the two by a long shot at this point in his career. But Minka's controllable for the next three or four years. Jalen Ramsey is not controllable at this point unless you're going to franchise him and pay him out the nose. Um, and you're not yeah. going to do that in a situation it, where he's already on the outs with the head coach. I agree. And yeah, Minka is by far the lesser player if we're talking about Ramsey and we're talking about Xavier Howard. Minka is still a very good player in his own right. And I'm disappointed by how things ended up because when you take a look at him and the Steelers are going to get a 22-year-old young man who wants to be there and – you know, you're going to have players coming out in the 2020 draft who who are going to be older than he is. So I understand that part. But when 
if the Steelers are being realistic about where they are this year, 0-2, just lost their team MVP at quarterback, you may be giving up a top 10 pick. And if they're comfortable with that and they're going to stick with Mason Rudolph no matter what, then it makes a little bit more sense. But the, the truth is, Paul, I, I never understood with Minka Fitzpatrick that we were dealing with Richard Sherman in his prime, where he can say where he is and isn't going to play from week to week, if that was the case. Maybe he just didn't want to be part of this of this losing effort here in the 2019 season. But, you know, if the Dolphins were to draft Tua and be num- picked first overall, then or any other quarterback or, or whoever, by the time Tua is in his second or third year, Micah Fitzpatrick's only going to be 25 or 26 years old. Yep. Completely. It's, yeah, I think and I hate to say it, but he, he did. It's you know, he wanted out. He wanted to go. I think he thought he was going to end up with a winner uh, like everybody else did via the trade route. And, you know, it, it doesn't look like he ended up with anything of the sort. Uh, it, it's Pittsburgh is a dumpster fire as well this year. And at least Miami's got an end game in sight with with their current path. Pittsburgh, they might be a spiraling team at this point that, He's going to wallow around even longer out there than he would have, would have in Miami. I mean, you look at Miami next year, angling for that number one overall pick, the resources that they've put into 2020 are going to make Miami a team that is not going to be the first overall pick unless they trade to get back up there in 2021. That's, that's just a fact. It's what they would have to spend in cap space they are going to end up a more talented roster no matter what between cap space and draft picks, unless they mortgage all the draft picks ahead to 2021 with somebody. And unless they really just do the bare minimum in free agency, 2020 is going to be a better season and 2021 even better than that. They definitely have to hit on any draft picks that they get. And to be honest with you, I'm I'm still not sure how I feel about all this because it's so unprecedented. I mean, you, you know, and a lot of people bring up the Cleveland Browns and say, hey, look, now they've got a talented roster. But I, I don't think it's the same thing because the Browns had no choice. I mean, over a four-year period, they had seven first-round picks. None of those seven picks were even starting starting quality players. I'm talking about guys like Trent Richardson and Burkevious Mingo and uh, Brandon Whedon and these types of guys. So – I think it's a little bit different in this scenario, but the the reality is too, you have so many draft picks and you have so much money, you should in a short period of time be able to amass a very talented roster that needs to gel quickly. Yeah, I mean if if you hit on even half of the players next year, Greer Greer's shown a propensity for late round picks. He really has. And you hit on just half of your players over the next two years. That's, you know, possibly up to 14 players that are going to be contributors to, to, your, to your team. And that's plenty out of two drafts. That's a lot more than a lot of teams get out of two drafts. And then you've still got free agency to account for as well. You can rapidly rebuild this team, even if you whiff a decent amount. Yeah, if, I mean, assuming the Dolphins pick high, this year, if you take a look at what they have, three first rounders, two second rounders, and 
you're expected to get another third rounder with the Juwan James compensatory uh, selection there. But if you take a look at their three first rounders this year, two second rounders this year, and presumably the first or second pick or whatever of the third round, and then next year, two first and two seconds, over a span of two years, you're going to have 10 picks in the first 65 to 70 selections. All 10 of those right there, if you don't, unless you trade up or trade them away, are going to be competing for roster, for starting roster spots there. Uh, and then in addition to that, Chris Greer met with the media today. I really liked what he had to say. He's kind of in a rough spot given that the team's so bad, but he did say a couple of things. The biggest one is we're going to be very active in free agency next year, and they better be. And one player that I'm pointing to right now and saying I want that guy is Chiefs defensive tackle Chris Jones. 15 and a half sacks last year, already dominating in the first two games of the season for the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is another 25-year-old player, 6'5", 320-plus pounds, can play anywhere along that Brian Flores defensive front. And that's the thing is if you have the opportunity, you really need to just go out and buy two or three stars. Completely. Just not put yourself in cap hell. Make sure they're ascending stars, not descending stars, um, as we saw from the Tannenbaum era. And really just put yourself in a better situation cap-wise. You're going through this hell right now to do that. Um, And I think what I'm hearing Kat say there is keep an eye out. We'll probably have a few upcoming free agency shows peppered throughout the season as well as some draft stuff as the season wears on here. But in reality, Dolphins fans, look at 2020. Take the positives and the successfuls out of this. Um, Make sure you're rooting against the Steelers. Make sure you're rooting against the Texans. Believe it or not, Dolphins fans, I do not want them to have a winning record, but we need to root for the Jets to win just a handful of games. We need to take the season approach a little differently than we have past seasons. We need to root for teams we normally wouldn't. We need to root against teams we normally don't care about and and really watch Miami set this up for the long term here and put them in the best position to do so. I'd love it if Miami's in a position where they might be able to take one of these first rounders and trade back four spots and pick up an additional first rounder on top of it. This is going to be a fun off season and take what Miami's doing now as a grain of salt towards that fun off season we're going to have. Watch the games, watch them with a grain of salt, but root a little differently this year because in reality, I know people have a problem with Chris Greer because of the product on the field right now. He has set this up well for the future, and he's got the ability to do that, even if he whiffs a little bit, which we all expect him to do, even though we hope he doesn't. It's going to be interesting to see, because I don't think there's a blueprint for what we're seeing here. And But then again, when you look at the Dolphins as a six to eight win team for, what, nine of the last 10 years, can't get a quarterback. It's always held them back. Maybe you want to try something different. And, and hey, look, I did not want to lose Tunzel. I did not want to lose Minka Fitzpatrick. But three first-rounders and a second-rounder, yeah, from, from teams that in the Texans and Steelers are looking to get to the next level. They're, frankly, to some degree desperate at this point. Chris Greer took advantage of that. I give him credit for that. But, man, we did lose two really good football players. Um, but also, too, you know, as, as far as – 
watching the game differently this year, Paul. That's the big thing is, and we talked about it last last week. And what I said was, you got to look at this season in 2019 like one big preseason game. It's just the truth. You're looking for glimpses. You're looking for players to get better. You're looking for Preston Williams to step up. You're looking for some players on defense like Vince Beagle and John Jenkins to say, hey, I, I want to be a starter here next year. And I and a player like that would probably do so at a very, very small price. One player I'm really looking for to get on the field now, and he was on the field last week a little bit as Ken Webster. This cornerback, number 31, about three years ago at Ole Miss, I mean, this was a projected top 20 pick in in one of the upcoming drafts. 5'11", 202 pounds, ran a 4.43, did a 43-inch vertical, an 11-1 broad jump. Great athlete, but he had a terrible injury in 2016 that he's still coming back from. But definitely looks the part. I'm hoping Ken Webster and Chris Lammons are going to step up and prove that they're players here as those fifth, sixth, seventh guys in the Dolphins' secondary. Yeah, and I mean, we need to look for Isaiah Prince to get some time, even even if he's going to take his lumps. We need to see what we have in Josh Rosen because there is still that possibility that Josh Rosen could end up being the guy, in which case you might have two top ten picks to throw a left tackle next to him, to throw a pass rusher on the other side of the ball and make your, make your corners and secondary better, to throw – an alpha wide receiver to, to throw in the mix. Uh, there are so many different things you could do with two top 10 picks and, and an additional first rounder in the upcoming draft to, to do with those two second rounders in the upcoming draft. I mean, it's, there are so many intriguing possibilities that Miami could do. And they even get more intriguing if Josh Rosen turns out to be the guy. And if Isaiah Prince turns out to be the guy at right tackle, then you're suddenly in a, strong position heading into the draft and free agency next year. Yeah, they're going to get a lot of reps, and that's a very good thing. Even if Rosen's a couple weeks away and they do play him after the bye week as what's been, I think, more speculated, then, yeah, we're going to see a lot of him this year. And if he can throw a couple of dimes like he did last week to Jakeem Grant and Preston Williams, we just got to hope they hang on to the ball. That's pretty much what it comes down to. So, yes, we're going to be very active here in – for the 2020 NFL draft, as well as free agency, and not just right before it happens. We're going to be peppering that into our shows and have some separate shows as well. So be sure to follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. My Twitter page is BrianCatNFL. Paul's is Fanatic with a PH, Fanatic underscore pick on Twitter as well. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us out. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.